Hello everybody, welcome back. Welcome to the new year. Tafshin Pei Gimel. And uh, today is Parashas, Erev uh, Parashas Vayelach. It's also Shabbat Shuvah. And we're going to be talking about the Halachas of Yom Kippur. I also want to say that Sunday evening at 9pm I'm going to give a Zoom of the Shabbat Shuvah Drasha, the part, the Hashkafa part. Uh, if you want to come in person, I that I'll get to that in shul at 5:40 on Shabbos afternoon, and it's going to be about 35 to 40 minutes. Um, and if not, then Sunday evening it will be on Zoom. Bazas Hashem, same thing for about 40 minutes, and then after that it'll be available on the podcast. So the halachas of Yom Kippur. <clears throat> Yom Kippur actually begins with Erev Yom Kippur. Erev Yom Kippur is one of the most unique days of the Jewish year where it's a very fascinating kind of mitzvah where you have a mitzvah to eat anything. It's not a specific mitzvah like matzah to eat you know, a certain kind of food. No, it's a mitzvah to eat anything and you don't have to eat it in a sukkah. You can eat it anywhere you like. The whole day there's a mitzvah to eat. And... Uh, um, the, what's even more interesting is that the Gemara says that if you do eat on Erev Yom Kippur, Hashem considers it as if you fasted two days, Erev Yom Kippur and Yom Kippur. So the eating achieves the opposite purpose. <laughs> eating is as if it's fasting. So it's just a, a fascinating kind of mitzvah. Now there is some debate among the Paiskim how much one needs to eat in order to fulfill this mitzvah. It may be that just eating one kibetzah, uh, a little bit more than a beya, so that's the shear of Kaseves, which is it's uh, about a three more than more than two ounce those uh, plastic schnapps glasses, whiskey glass, shot glasses. So a little bit more than that is enough because that's how much would be considered breaking your fast in your kipper. So if you eat that on every kipper, you're yoytze the mitzvah. That's, poss- that's possible. Others hold that maybe that's enough minimally, but at whatever you eat is a mitzvah. So eating the whole day is also a mitzvah. The more you eat, the, the merrier, so to speak. <clears throat> and um, typically what we do assume is that the mitzvah is the sudam of sekes. That's the way it's the mitzvah was... Um, was designed, I guess, that we will eat a special Suda on Erev Yom Kippur, and that is the key mitzvah of eating on Erev Yom Kippur. So however we do it, whatever we eat, if we have a mind, we're certainly being Mekayim Mitzvah. It's said that the Chassam Seifer would eat a candy a few times during the day over Erev Yom Kippur, being that it was a mitzvah to eat, he wanted to you know, continuously eat. Um, I, from what I understand about the Chassam Seifer, that was probably the only time of the year that he ate something sweet. He was quite a porush on the rest of the year. He distanced himself from all kinds of uh, worldly pleasures. The reason for this mitzvah, why is there a mitzvah to eat an Arabian kippur? So Rabbeinu Yoyne and Shai Tshuva gives a number of reasons for this mitzvah. One reason is that we need to prepare ourselves for the fast, so we need to get our strength, and that preparation itself is a mitzvah. Preparing for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. We find that concept in a number of other places. The second reason he gives, and this is a beautiful reason, and this is what to have in mind, is that Yom Kippur is really a tremendous yantiv. It's uh, the Gemara says that Yam So it was a tremendous happy day, a day a holy day, uh, a day of extreme holiness. We come very close to Hashem. We attain slicha and kapara. We're forgiven for our sins. We can renew our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's a, it's a great yantiv. However, we can't eat because that's the nature of Yom Kippur: is that we we don't eat. We distance ourselves from physical, but 
a Yantav really requires a festive Suda, so the Tyra uh, established Erev Yom Kippur to be the day that you do the rejoicing that you would normally do on Yantav, you do it Erev Yom Kippur, and that's why when you eat an Erev Yom Kippur, it's as if you fasted both days, meaning to say you've accomplished the point of the Yantav on both days, both by eating on Erev Yom Kippur and by not eating on Yom Kippur, you've demonstrated your joy on the Yantav and then also kept Yom Kippur as it's meant to be kept. Um, there is a custom to have two sudas. You don't necessarily have to have two sudas. This main halacha is to have one. But there is a custom to have two, so that would mean you would wash twice during the day. Uh, there is some paiskim that hold that the mitzvah of eating begins already the night before, the night, so that would be Monday night. But the majority of paiskim hold that it begins, it's only by day. So there would be then an Indian to eat two sudas during the day to represent the two sudas we would normally eat on the Yantiv, though then we would do one at night, one by day. Yom Kippur itself begins from Shkia, from sunset, but there is a mitzvah, and according to most Paiskim, it's a mitzvah in a Torah, it's a Dreisa mitzvah, to add on to the day, Taisvis Yantiv, to add on, uh, and even though really there's such a mitzvah on every Yantiv, every Shabbos, on Yom Kippur is the source, that's where it actually says it in the Torah, so that's, that is the Dreisa, and uh, we both begin the fast and stop doing Malacha, starting from, from a little bit before, so if you're as as women, basically, it's kind of built into candle lighting, so it's pretty straightforward. As soon as you light the candles, that's when you're makabal on yourself, the yantiv and the fasting and all at once, and you're doing a mitzvah dairaisa in this case, uh, in, in this specific case. Now, there's a wonderful tefillah to say, written by the Chaya Adam, which was the, the, the big sefer on practical halacha, which was the handbook, basically, before Mishnah Baruch was written. And he wrote a, a, a tefillah, which is printed in every machzer in the beginning of Yom Kippur. It's called Tefillah Zaka. And Tefillah Zaka is a very, very long tefillah, but there's a lot of beautiful parts to it. Um, and you don't, you don't necessarily have to say the whole thing, but anything you do say is, has, has a lot of value. And the different parts of it, of it, there's a part where he gives a very, like, kind of an elaborate Kabbalah Siyam Kippur. So if you, you say that, you, you, you really spell out all the parts of the mitzvah that you're doing, you're being Kabbalah on yourself, fasting, eating, drinking, washing. It's like you just, it's all spelled out. It's a very beautiful way to be, do this mitzvah of Tesefes Yantiv of, of being Kabbalah. You can, you can pretty much find it if you have a more modern master it'll have paragraphs so it shouldn't be hard to find it's closer to the end uh, there's also a part in there which is important really for everybody to say that's a paragraph where we all forgive everybody in Claudia um, which hopefully we want to do so that that's that's also an important paragraph to say the Chavetz Chaim had asked that that paragraph should be moved to the beginning because most people don't get to the end of Tefillah Zaka because Kol Nidre starts. So he asked that it should be moved to the beginning because it is so important that everybody do that. So that's another, another wonderful part. There's also another part there where we ask for forgiveness for our sins and what we do there in Tefillah Zaka, which we don't really do so clearly the rest of the Kippur, is we verbalize that we will not come back to these sins again, which is Kabbalah al-Haba. We are, accept upon ourselves not to repeat the Averis. When we say the Vidu and Yom Kippur, we do repent the Averis, and we even mention that we are Mischaret, uh, but we don't really speak out clearly that we're not going to do it again, and that's a very important part of Tshuva, to speak that out, and that's interesting that it's, it's, it's primarily in the Tefillah Zaka that we do that. It could be it's kind of self-understood in the Vidu, so that's, that's sufficient. But in any case, it's another nice part of Tefillah Zaka to see, to say. You can find that part too, where you verbalize that you're accepting upon yourself not to do these Averis anymore. 
Now, the tefillah is meant for every Yom Kippur, but it can be said any time on Yom Kippur. Obviously, you would skip the part about accepting Yom Kippur, but what you're saying can be said any time during Yom Kippur. So if you do find a free moment, uh, it is a one, it's a nice thing to say, and it'll help you really relate to the nature of the day of Yom Kippur. During Mincha on Erev Yom Kippur, we're meant to say Vidui. Now, the Vidui of Mincha on Erev Yom Kippur was instituted for two reasons. The main, main reason, which is the reason the Gemara gives, is because we are worried, which is a very interesting kind of uh, worry that Chazal had, is that a person is kind of holding by doing tshuva, because uh, it's Yom Kippur, and then he'll eat the Suda Mepsakas, and Chas Vasham, something will happen during the Suda, and it'll prevent him from, either he'll die or he won't, you won't be able to do tshuva. So therefore they instituted that before you start the suda, daven mincha, say vidui, this way at least you got the vidui down, and before you eat the suda, have mefsekes. Uh, so that being said, if you don't get to daven mincha before, you're davening mincha after the suda, mefsekes, it doesn't seem to be much of a point anymore to say that vidui, because it's already after the suda, mefsekes, and the whole point was to say it before the suda, mefsekes. However, there is another reason to say vidui Erev Yom Kippur, and this is from the Rishayinim. It's not so clear in the Gemara, but this is some Rishayinim in the Ramban. Uh, he says that there's a mitzvah of lufnei Hashem titaru, lufnei Hashem, literally, before you get to Hashem, meaning before you get to Yom Kippur, you should have already purified yourself. And therefore, there's a mitzvah to say vidui, he says, Erev Yom Kippur, and this way you come into Yom Kippur already having done tshuva. And according to that reason, even if you dab mincha uh, after the the Sudam of Sekes, you, uh, there is a reason to say Vidui, and if you don't have time to dab Mincha, it's late, Saptashkiya, whatever, you can still say Vidui, and be Mikhaim, this concept of Lufnei Hashem Tataru, coming into, you don't have to be davening Shwen Esrei to say Vidui, Vidui is a standalone tefillah, you can say Hashamnu, if you have time, you can say Alchait, if you don't have time, just say Hashamnu, Hashamnu itself is really the main part of Vidui, Al-Khayt obviously is important, but it can be Yaitzavidu with, with Hashamnu as well. So, so that's, that is, uh, that's an important thing to, to do. To, it's important to dam that mincha, try to get to dam that mincha before the Sudam of Sekes. Truly, the best idea uh, is to catch that mincha way earlier in the day. Uh, do it at 1.30, as soon as you can dab mincha, basically, or at 2. Because it's more likely that you'll find a free moment then then before the Sudam of Sekh is when everything's crazy, you know, it's already almost close to Yantav and you have to get the Suda ready. So it would be, it's a good idea that a day like Arabian Kippur, you can try to plan it out, see if you can get the Mincha in. It's an important Mincha. Um, also, again, when, let's, as I was saying, you don't have to say the whole vidui. So if you're davening mincha and, you know, you have to finish for whatever reason, this pressing reason you have to finish, so just finish and say just Hashamnu. And the truth is that even if you just say the words, Aval anachnu chatanu, which is the first four words of vidui, the Gemara says that's already vidui. So if that's all you could do, then just say that. But you've done the mitzvah of saying vidui in Ervim Kippur, you've done the mitzvah of saying vidui before the Sudam of Sekes, you've done the mitzvah of saying vidui lufnei Hashem Tataru, and this applies for all of Yom Kippur, whenever, whatever tefillah you're davening, uh, if for whatever reason you have to stop. So if you've just, if you already said Aval Chatanu, you, you can say, you know, I, I've said vidui, and you can say the rest later. Now, there are two, there are two mitzvahs that arise on Yom Kippur. There are two main mitzvahs of Yom Kippur. The first one is, of course, fasting. Uh, fasting, not eating, not drinking, not washing, all those, you know, together. And the second mitzvah derais is to do tshuva, which practically speaking means to say vidui, and then obviously your heart has to accompany your vidui, so that it's not a vidui peh, not just a vidui you're doing uh, ver- verbally. Now, that being said, that's important that that should be our focus, meaning that those two things take precedence over everything else. 
And if we have to stay in bed to be able to fast and not daven, then that's the mitzvah. The mitzvah, is, the mitzvah has hayyim is to fast. That is the main mitzvah, and that's what has to be enabled, no matter what. And whatever, everything else has to go before that. Has to, you know, be put aside in 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 terms of that. Now, obviously, if uh, one can daven, that's that's wonderful. It's a, a wonderful day to daven. Everybody should daven. And there are five tefillahs to daven, right? There's ma'ariv, uh, shachris, musav, mincha, and um, and neila. Now, there is uh, vidui that we could say five times, but at least one time on Yom Kippur, find time to say the full vidui, because like I said, that's the second message right? I said, Yom Kippur is to do tshuva. So at least one time, make time to say the full vidui. If you can't get it in Shema Nasrei, then just say it alone. It doesn't have to be said in Shema Nasrei. So, uh, but ideally, we should say all five times if we can. And you say vidui five times when you're davening at home. If you're davening in shul, then you say together with the chazan, and then you end up saying it ten times. And that's, but that's only if you're davening in shul. Otherwise, you say vidui five times if you can, and that is the the kiyum of uh, of the mitzvah. And again, like I said, the same vidui five times as we see by neila, you don't even say al chet, so you don't have to say al chet five times if you don't have time for that. Just say hashamnu five times it doesn't take that long. And uh, then then you're mikayim this mitzvah the best way possible. There is a mitzvah of chinuch. Um, to fast, beginning with older children, only in Yom Kippur. There's no real mitzvah chinuch otherwise uh, of fasting, and at most it starts really two years before the bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah. So it starts like from 11 uh, or 10. Sometimes some people do a little fasting starting at nine. Basically, they just like wait a little later, a little longer to have breakfast. So that's that's how they do it. But once you get to 11 or 12, that's when you actually do some fasting. Now, it's not clear in halacha how long they need to fast. It just says you're mechanach them sha'ois, a couple of hours. So it could be till chatzais. You could really, if you want, leave it up to the child. It doesn't really, it's the main thing is they should be fasting a little bit. And then uh, the main thing actually is that they don't fast the whole day. <laughs> that seems to be important. That they do, they do, they are supposed to break their fast. But you aren't supposed to like force them to break their fast. But there's, there's really no mitzvah for them to fast the whole day. Um, for older children that are doing this chinuch, they, even when they do eat, they shouldn't be eating candy. They should just be eating, you know, enough to, 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 to stay alive, so to speak, whatever they need. But uh, now they shouldn't, they shouldn't be eating candy. Younger kids, that's up to every person's discretion, whether they want to hold back candy. On one hand, it's a yantiv, on the other hand, it's a kippur. There's different opinions about how to treat that so that every person can choose how they want to do that. On Yom Kippur, we, uh, one of the one of the five Inuyim is uh, Tash Shamita, so we keep all Harchakis on Yom Kippur, both by day and by night, all, all the Harchakis, just as it would be a regular Zmanida. If, if you're davening at home, you can say everything in the Machzer, uh, with the exception of Yud Gimelmidis. So that's only applicable by night. Uh, it's in really in the Chazar Sashat's part of the, the Chazan's repetition part of, of Shema Nasrei, and it's in by Neila. So those are the two times on Yom Kippur when we say Slichos, and you can say the Slichos, but then there is the, the Yud Gimel Midas, which starts from Vayavr Hashem Alpana Vayikra Hashem Hashem Kel Racham Chanan. That's where you have to skip. So you skip the Vayavr Hashem till uh, the end of that paragraph, which ends with Everything else can be said. There's nothing you have to skip otherwise. Uh, I mentioned last week already that another very important thing to try to get to say on Yom Kippur is Avinu Malkeinu. We actually say Avinu Malkeinu quite a number of times on Yom Kippur. Uh, the, during the day we say it three times, Shachras, uh, we just skip Musa, but otherwise we say it Shachras, Mincha, and Neila. Uh, you could say it any different, you could say it any time during the day, uh, and you could say it three times also if that's possible. And I also said that uh, you say as many of them as you can, you know, say if uh, say uh, every verse there. Uh, yet Rabbi Kiva said two verses, and it started raining. It's a very powerful tefillah. So you say the first two, 
that's wonderful. If you can get the middle ones, the Kasvenu ones, the Chasmenu, Baneila, also beautiful. Whatever you can say, it's worthwhile to say. Now, among the things that are prohibited on Yom Kippur is Sicha. Um, Sicha means to rub oneself with oil. Now, that's not a very popular pastime these days, but there are uh, other applications of that which, is, uh, which we consider Sicha, and one of them actually is using soap, meaning... Uh, you can wash your hands in certain cases on Yom Kippur, right? You can wash your hands uh, up to your knuckles, you go to the bathroom, these kind of things. Using soap in Yom Kippur is something that should not be done. You can only use soap if your hands actually, actually get dirty. So like you change a diaper and your hands, mom's got dirty, so you can use soap uh, a little bit to wash the area. But otherwise, soap is something that should be avoided on Yom Kippur, hand sanitizer as well. Um, in, in, uh, in addition... Uh, spraying deodorant seems to be a big question. I've seen both both ways. There are those that say it's okay. There are those that say it's usher. There's quite a few, quite a number of very chashavah paiskim that held that it was prohibited. Rav Moshe Feinstein held it was prohibited. Rav Yashiv held it was prohibited. So, uh, it being Yom Kippur, if it's not absolutely necessary, I would suggest being machmir, putting on a lot of deodorant during Yom Kippur, <laughs> and hopefully that'll take you through the day. Um, Washing, as we mentioned earlier, is prohibited unless washing hands and till the knuckles. But even that, we only do that when we have to, which is in the morning, obviously, when you go to the bathroom, so that you can say, uh, if you touch a place that requires you to wash your hands. But otherwise, we don't wash our hands even till our knuckles, only, uh, only in those cases or if they get dirty. Um, if anybody has a shiloh about fasting, being sick, and so on, become, possibly becoming sick, that's something that has to be called and discussed, and it's important to realize that Yom Kippur is like Shabbos, first of all, uh, regarding everything. All malacha is also on Yom Kippur just like Shabbos, not like Yantav, it's like Shabbos. And uh, eating on Yom Kippur is equivalent to lighting fire on Shabbos. It's the same level of Chumrah, it's also Minat it has the same Isser of Kares, like Shabbos does, so it's, it's a very serious transgression, eating on Yom Kippur, and it's only allowed when it's Pikoch Nefesh, and it has to be actual Pikoch Nefesh, to allow it, just as we wouldn't light a fire on Shabbos, unless it's Pikuach Nefesh. So it, it, it's something that has to be discussed with a rough.